0: embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. It's crazy to think that this episode is being recorded in July and we are still on some version of quarantine, you know, not being out in public with people as we we've been in the past. Um, for me, one of the biggest areas that is impacted is I'm still not back in the podcast studio, which is. When I listen to these podcasts, sometimes I'm a little bummed because it's just the quality is just different. I don't have the same equipment at home that I do in the podcast studio. And it's also just fun to get into the studio and be with Adam, who does our tech and some production work for us. Uh, my mentor who has his office there. Um, some guests are able to come in. But I think that is, you know, that's what we're all dealing with in a way. We've all had to give up, sacrifice different things i know for a lot of people it's like their gym or their fitness they can't go do those things maybe it's yoga um for a lot of people it's going out you know the restaurants or the places that they do they're very very social it's hard for them not to be social it takes something away so i was just thinking about that this morning that man seven months into 2020 and this has been a wacky year and my guest today we were talking about before we started recording how this has just been a wacky year, and who knows if life will ever get back to the way that it was before in in it likely will always be different moving forward, but how similar it will be or will we will it just be a completely different trajectory and 2020 has brought so many different things. you know we're having new conversations about race, we're having new conversations about bias and prejudice, we're having new conversations about privilege. Um, we're having conversations about history, which I—I uh, I was a uh, people listening to this. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I was a U.S. history major in college, and my specialty was on, like, my focus was on social problems in American history. So I studied specifically the experience of African Americans and slavery and Native Americans, and when I'm getting really present to now almost almost 20 years out of college, which feels crazy for me to say that, um, how much I didn't learn in the sense of like how much of the history that I learned was simply like the white or Western European history, which isn't wrong, it's not bad, I'm not judging it. It's just only one perspective. It's not the Native American version of what happened. It's not the African American version of what happened. It's not the 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 Mexican American version of what happened. It's just a version. And if we and and I think what would be what I'm really interested now, and something I've been doing a lot of reading on, is reading those other versions. I don't it's and I think we were, we're doing this on this podcast too. None of those versions are the truth. They're all the truth. That all of our perspectives are the truth. The way that you know, let's say mexican Mexicans and mexican the the country of Mexico lost or you know lost territories. The way that looked to them is different than the way it looked to the american Americans who were taking over those territories. Neither one is right or better. They're simply different perspectives. And uh, my favorite thing about doing this podcast is I get to to get into the the brain or the lens of other people and see their perspectives. Because to me that's more and more possibility. If I only see life the way I've always seen it, it's limiting. The way I've seen life isn't wrong. It's not bad, it's not good. But if I can see life the way like our guests today can see life, then I've opened up more possibility for myself. And as a listener to this show, if you can see life or opportunities or things the way our guests today or me or any of the guests we've had, you get more and more access to possibilities and opportunities that you may have not seen before because of the lens that you are operating through. Let me introduce our guest. Um, I'm curious to hear what his thoughts on all this this are. Our guest today is, he was a double masters in education and labor and employment relations. He completed the 2019 Spartan Race Trifecta. I don't know what the trifecta is, but we're gonna find out. I'll also have to admit that I'm like kind of want to do one of these races and I'm also like don't want to fail miserably. Um, he is a fitness and self-development coach. He's an e-commerce entrepreneur. He's an internet marketer and he was sharing with me he is really um, diving into this new entrepreneurial space. He um, he also has some ideas that we were talking about just on, on race and racism and culture. Uh, so we're going to get this episode is going to be packed with a lot of we'll say a lot of content, a lot of perspective. Uh, I'm excited to welcome Marcus Burst to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Marcus. How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, Alex, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Big fan of your show and uh, happy to be here.
0: Thanks. You heard all that, that kind of like pre preamble, pre show die, whatever we want to call it. I don't know what the technical name for all that is. Uh, my, uh, my intro. Did it, you know, I don't have any specific way for you to question for you, but does it, what are you experiencing? What are you thinking about? What did all that kind of trigger bring up for you?
1: I mean, you, you bring up some very solid points, right. In terms of not necessarily uh, there being one truth, but being that there's multiple truths, right. In a situation where there's two people, right. And a and cop intervenes, you know, he's trying to get down to the truth, but in reality, there's one person's perspective. There's the other person's perspective and there's actually the truth. Right, and you're right. Um, We are so blinded by the lens that we are seeing through that sometimes we don't necessarily, you know, take an effect that there's other lenses that we should be looking at or looking from. Right, Um, and so what I'll say this is: is, it's funny how you mentioned that you took a a class, you know, in in college about you know African American studies. Right. Well, I, I took a class as well, and this specific class in college. Um, It was not taught from a Eurocentric perspective. Now, until that point, I had never even realized that there was a Eurocentric perspective. I just took history, (laughs) history, right? But then when I started to, to learn it from a perspective that was not Eurocentric, I started to understand that there's different perspectives out there that are not being taught consistently. That infuses within our school system, K through 12 even college curriculum, right? They just made it mandatory for, you know, some colleges to teach a diversity class um, or, or students to learn uh, and take a diversity class. And that wasn't mandatory before, which is kind of odd to me, right? Like, how do you live in America? We are one of the most diverse places in the world with different cultures, with different languages. We don't even have an official language, actually. People think it's English, but it's not. We, we're the one, one of the one locations that doesn't have an official language. But people believe, because we're taught from a Eurocentric perspective, that English is the way it is. Um, Columbus founded America, and um, everybody that is um, white is American, instead of everybody that lives in America is American. And so for me, I think that you bring up some very interesting points, but it just goes back to how are we taught? What are we learning exactly from the, the day we're able to go to school, who are we learning it from? That all impacts us in terms of what we see things and how we see them moving forward in our future.
0: Something that I recently got to, like a, an awareness that hit me was I read something and it said, we don't say, you know, some, you, we don't, you wouldn't look at me and go, oh, he's a white American or he's a, he's a European American or something like that because being white, quote unquote, white in America is the norm. So you just say he's an American. But anyone that is of a different, let's just say like a different color, to make it really simple, then we do a like a hyphen. Oh, he's an African American. He's an Asian American. He's a Mexican American. When we're telling stories, right? If I'm telling a story to somebody, I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with, with my friend Bob or this guy Bob where often people will say um, my black friend Bob or they'll they'll like label it and they'll put this thing and I don't I'm saying this specifically like it's not a derogatory thing it's a it's a subconscious um, it's a subconscious pattern and habit that we have that is like what you were saying like the perspective that there's default norms that we're not even aware are default right we're walking around saying african american and a lot of people think they're being like ma- like respectful or like that's the right way but in reality and you know i'm guess i'm guessing you were born here i have no idea you know but you and you and, like you, you were guess you would you guess the same thing right you don't actually know where i was born but you and i are just as american we're both americans right right but we have this this like there's a the quote-unquote norm, like you have to say if it's not the norm, which I don't even think people realize they do.
1: It's 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 interesting how you say that because no matter what, um, you're right. We, we we have there's this unbiased conscious to just always focus on race in our country. It, we we don't even we don't even know where it came from. And really it, it's 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 quite simple. It's because everything in this country focuses on race. Everything from the beginning of time is focused on race. So if you look in in terms of, hey, listen, we're taking a test for school, they ask you to mark down what exactly where, where, you know what color you are, right? Or if you're black descent or you're Latino American or you're why? If I'm American, I'm American. I shouldn't label one thing. We're all one race, really. It should be the human race. But they do the best that they can in order to separate us and put us against each other. In a sense of, hey, listen, you're here, you're there, she's there. You know, like no matter what, they find a way to divide us in terms of who we are. Instead of just saying, hey, we're all American, let's stick together. I mean, really, for for me, I mean, it it goes to, it goes to to. It, it's kind of surprising, right? Because if you think about it, we're a country, we're a newer country compared to other countries. But for the most part, we should have learned from our mistakes in terms of trying to divide and conquer. We should have learned that we are we, you know, as people, we should unite together. But a lot of the things that our parents and grandparents have taught us are still with us to this day. Right? So even if it's something subtle Like, hey, listen, yeah, you can date a person of color, but, you know, you can't marry them. They don't have to say it directly. But if they hint at it, they they hint at disapproval, that's a sign that you should stick to your own. And we're only two, maybe three generations away from, you know, know, where, where it was really bad for people of color. I mean, it's bad now in terms of what's going on. But, I mean, not being able to drink at a water fountain without getting beaten or, uh, you know, getting, getting beaten and, and killed for whistling at a white woman when you're a young 14-year-old male. I mean, that wasn't too long ago. 1950s was was only about 70 years ago. My grandparents were there. Yeah. So yeah. so in putting things in perspective, it's just understanding that we are not so far away from the type of treatment that people of color have received. So therefore, it's easy. It's, it's, it's just... Um, it's unconscious the way we kind of think about race that, hey, we, you know, because we're black or because we're brown or because we're white, we should all stick within our groups because what have our parents or what have our grandparents taught us? Even indirectly, right? Discreetly they've taught us this. So it's understandable, but it's it's up to us to make that change. It's up to to us right now to start bonding together and uniting instead of trying to separate from one another. What's,
0: As you were talking, I was thinking about why all all different groups have come to America. And it's really interesting when you think about it. So like the original people that came here, not the natives that were here, but like the Columbus pilgrims, people from like, you know, let's say England, came for basically to be able to practice their religion and their beliefs the way they wanted to practice. And so they basically were like, hey, we want to be free to live the lives we as we believe we should be able to live them. Mm-hmm. And then other groups started coming for opportunity and, and possibility and, and to escape different persecute, levels of persecution, right? Whether it was like Irish or Italians or Greeks or Germans or Jews. Um, I mean, in the, in because of the way America was, most Blacks that are, like, I don't know about now, but most of the Blacks that were then were brought over on slave ships And I don't know how, at what point, like Mexican or Latin Americans started to infuse. But people came here for the most part because they wanted freedom, right? They wanted to be able to live their lives free and practice the things, whatever they were that they wanted to practice. And it's interesting to think about how we've done a decent job creating that. Like, right, there's a lot of countries that are not free at all. And then there's a lot of countries that are. But we've also done a really good job of making sure that our brand of freedom is the brand that's allowed and not everybody's brand. Yeah. Like, hey, I get to practice my, you know, I heard this the other day. I heard somebody talking about, like, they felt like re- there was religious persecution going on. And I was like, well, yeah, and how does that religion persecute other groups because their values don't align and i was like it's the same thing we're we're like missing the we're missing the that like i don't want the golden rule right treat people as you want to be treated it's not just that it's like treat people as they would want to be treated and we're, we're we're it seems like we're missing that is we've forgotten that like everyone came here to live the life they want to live and now we're like all saying no you need to live it this way like, you all need to live life this specific way. And we're, and every group is doing that in, in its own right. But obviously, there's dominant groups that control mostly, which is the white male controls that. Um, I'm curious, like, if for you, you know, new venture into entrepreneur, as, a, as an entrepreneur, do um, you identify, how do you, do you identify as African American, Black? How do you, what's your... How do you identify if somebody, you know, if you have to check a box?
1: If I had to check a box, I mean I'm I'm definitely uh <laughs> I, I would definitely more so align with black. Um mm-hmm. and, and the reason is simple, honestly, right? Like, you know, be and I'll go into a story actually is because I I I actually studied abroad in England for about a year in undergrad. And um this uh you know, this, this, one of my friends, he asked me, he said, hey, hey, bro, where you from? And I said, oh, you know, I'm from California, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, you know, and you know, <laughs> he's like, no, no, bro, bro, but where are you from? And I said, I'm, I'm from America, I'm from the United States, I'm from California, he's like, no, no, but where are you, where are your parents from, bro? And I said, they're from California too. And he said, no, no, but where, where are you from? Like, where are you from? And I said, oh, okay, sorry, let me explain. So way back in the day, there's this thing <laughs> called slavery, right? And basically, they took our language from us. They took our clothes from us, our heritage, our foods, everything separated our families. So we didn't know exactly how to communicate with anybody that we didn't know, Um, any kind of tribe that was around that may have looked like us. We weren't from the same tribe, so we couldn't speak to each other, couldn't communicate. We got brought here against our will, had to work for 400 years. And then all of a sudden, later on, 1965 happened. um, Martin Luther King, you know, helped out. And then later on, here I am. And he said, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, so really what it comes down to, right, is if I went to Africa mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I'm African-American, they will look at me silly because they said, but you've never even been to Africa before. Yeah. How can you be African-American? This is a, this is a political term that was made up in order sure. for it to be more politically correct. I mean, I mean, really, black is a term now that is a little bit more empowering because, you know, black, black is power right? Um, you know, James Brown said it best, I'm black and I'm proud. So it, it kind of, over time, black has become a sense of empowerment. For for me, I know, for me and my friends, at least, right? And some of the people who I socialize with, you know, African American, it seems just so like, it just seems so like forced on us, mm-hmm. right? Because this is the box that they need to, to check. Sure. If, if somebody, if some, if you ask a person who, was um you know Mexican hey, you know what box do you check or, or how do you identify they would say I'm mexican they wouldn't say oh I you know a lot of times they wouldn't say I'm latino because Latino is what they want you to check you know, mm. but no I'm from Mexico, my family's from mexico this is this is where I am this is what I'm proud to be, and so I can honestly say that i'm proud to be black because that's that's how I was raised
0: i I read something the other day, and I love that you said because you just like I brought in the the power piece and I read something the other day that I I'd just love to hear your opinion on right because you're not speaking for everyone it's just, just your perspective um that often when white people hear somebody that's black say black power some white people get like intimidated afraid they want to push back on that they're like that's racist though and I read this thing the other day that said the reason why white people feel that is because white power has always been anti something else. Mm-hmm. right? White power wasn't like, hey, let's support each other and be good. It was like white power actually equals negative to some other group that is. But that black power doesn't have that negative. It's simply like, hey, we're trying to help each other out, rise each other up, be who, we're, act, who we actually are, not a disempowered group, but actually Equal, and it doesn't mean screw everyone else or everyone's less than us. It just means us too. Like we just want to be here with everybody else on the same playing field. Um, that's that's how I interpreted it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." Like, but white people, not all white people—I don't want to say that—but like some white people have trouble seeing that because the way they've always heard the the color and the power was an was an anti someone else. Mm,
1: have you ever thought yeah. about
0: Have you ever thought about that before?
1: You know, so we have to go back to the history of it, right? Like, sure. so, yeah, first, so, So first off, I mean, the only time that white power, like people saying white power like that uh, was ever in existence was associated with the KKK. Right. So that's never been anything good. They wanted to get rid of anybody that wasn't white. That's what their goal was. They wanted to make sure they hung as many people as possible. They wanted to make sure they made an example of anybody that felt like they had courage to speak up to them. They wanted to rape and and and, and decimate people's lives on a consistent basis. There was a, a point in time where, you know, it was a, it it was the common thing to see somebody hung, a, a person of color. Right? And what would they say? White power. What would they have? They would have the, you know, the, the ghost little uh, hoods on and say, hey, we're the KKK. And a lot of those people happen to be, you know, people of law enforcement, people who were, you know, involved in the political parties, like people who had power. So white power means that they are in, infused into this, um, this systemic racism and they are making sure that they maintain in power as much as possible. Because everybody knows right now who is, you know, who's in power. People who are not of color are mostly in power, right? So therefore, we have to understand that the racism, you know, is, is because we are in a situation where we are not in power that we are right. We are trying to obtain power. Black power is just a signal or a symbol of, hey, listen, we have to stick together. We're trying to unify. We're trying to make sure we come together because no matter what, the system's going to try to tear us down, no matter what. All these, a lot of policies out there are enforced to make sure that we do not survive. We do not, you know, become better than what the average person is. Because anytime, and we've seen this, you know, back in, in, in Oklahoma, I know everybody talks about, you know, what happened when there was a lot of successful black people back in like the 1940s, right? like a lot of successful black people within Oklahoma, extremely business, uh, business savvy entrepreneurs and, and nurses, doctors, a whole bunch of black people living in, in peace. And because a lot of white people didn't like that in Oklahoma, what did they do? They burned it down, saying white power. So when people say white power, it's never been a, it's something that, you know, rained positivity. But black power was only... In order to make sure that we unify through the struggle that we call life, because my life is completely different for the most part from somebody who was in an in, you know raised in America as as a white male. Unfortunately, I mean that and that's just what, what people are starting to see nowadays, especially with the rise of George Floyd.
0: So Marcus, I want to. I know you want to talk about. Um losing your mom like the impact of losing your mom at a young age and like what you've had to overcome uh i also know you want to talk about being an entrepreneur that in itself takes courage it's a lot easier just to go have a job and and not put yourself out there and the environment we're in being a black man in america right now also is infused in all of this this is all part of who you are and the challenges you face and i'm curious how they how, what you're seeing as how they inter, uh, as how they're like interwoven I know that's not like such a specific question, but I'm kind of just looking for your perspective and experience and also you to share about the the story about your mom and and what had you decide to also become an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. so what I'll do is i'll I'll kind of you know backtrack you know, jeez, uh, man, I was fifteen years ago, fifteen years ago, I was sixteen, and when I was sixteen, um I, I come from a pretty big family, I have four siblings. And, you know, we were um, in a situation where, um, you know, moms and and pops are kind of struggling a little bit. So we lived with with moms and, um, you know, uh, you know, I was the second old, I'm the second oldest of, of five. And what happened was we, I just, we woke up one day because someone, someone knocked on my door and said, Hey, listen, it's three in the morning, three, four in the morning. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, you need to come downstairs, and I'm like, man, it's, it's three, four in the morning. What's going on? So I go downstairs, and it was a neighbor knocked on our door, and all of a sudden they say, uh, "Listen, we have something to tell you." So I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. Where's mom's at? Like, I don't need to make sure. Like, this is kind of weird. Like, why is the neighbor speaking to us right now? And then they told us they said that, uh, you know, she was was crossing a barrier on a, um, on, a on a on a street and she tripped and fell, and, and a car hit her. Now, in, that, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so where's she at, right? I was like, no, she, she, didn't, she didn't make it. And so, instantly, my mind was like, what? Like, tears streaming, everything like that. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? So, um, the cops came to the door maybe 10, 15 minutes later with her bag, and I'm just like, Look, I'm 16 years old right now. Like, what is going on? Nine days before my birthday. Keep in mind. So I'm sitting here like, what is going? Like, we lived in <laughs> we lived in a situation where we were not necessarily doing the best financially. So I'm like, what is going to happen? What is going to happen? What is going to happen? Everybody going crazy. And so what we, you know, what I kind of had to figure out was like, okay, I'm the oldest male. I'm the second oldest child. So I need to make sure that I'm here for my siblings. And so everybody, you know, after the situation happened, everybody was saying, hey, listen, I know you, you want to go to college and you want to do this. Hey, you probably should stay around. You should probably just, you know, be here and you know, be here for the family and all this stuff, right? But what happened was I, I had the urge to actually do so much more because I need to get away. I need to, to recreate my image of myself. I need to make sure that I focused on something that I wanted to do instead of focusing on the situation at hand, right? And so I went back to school, everybody found out, everybody at church found out, everybody gave me that pity face and oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I get it, right? It's like, yeah, it sucks. But at the same time, I knew in the back of my mind I'm like, but I still have to carry on with life. Right? Like I I can't just give up because that happened. And not to mention, my siblings were the main ones who I felt as though I need to beat it for so what I did was I said okay I'm gonna he- hold my head up high at the time I was working two different jobs and I was on the track team so I was working at McDonald's and, and and a pizza pizza place and I was and I was on the track team so I'm like how do I do this so actually I had to stay with different friends places and uh, you know in order to make sure that I still got a chance to, to graduate from high school and so I remember Telling myself, I said, "If I can make it through this, if I can make it through this, I can make it through anything, literally anything." And because it was the most trying time in my life, because I was lost, I felt hopeless, and I knew other people were depending upon me. And in that time frame, even with that last uh, semester of high school, I guess, or that last uh, little stint of high school. I got into like two car accidents. I almost died in both of them, and Um, I was in a situation where I wasn't sure if I should leave home or not, right? I I told you I was homeless. I was, like, basically living place to place to place. But I said, if I can make it through this, I can make it through anything. And it was the most powerful thing to walk across that stage, point to the sky, and said, I knew I could do it. And so now I carry that mentality with me anywhere I go. Anywhere I go, I have a no-option mentality. That's developed me into who I am today. So now, like even when I transitioned from high school to college, went to Chico State, when I transitioned to college, I came in trash bags. I said, "All right, here we go. Let's go." And guess what? People are like, "Oh, you're not going home for winter break or Thanksgiving break." No, this is my home. This little bed right here, this little cot, that's my home, because there was no home for me. I had to make it... or else that was it. There was no other option. So that mentality of having a no-option mentality was shaped within me at a young age and I carry that mentality with with me wherever I go. So that's how I was able to complete all the schooling that I did because that I didn't leave myself any any other option to quit or give up, right? That's how I was able to complete Spartan races because there was no other option to give up. That's how I was able to step outside of the 9 to 5 and say, "You know what? I'm going to jump into entrepreneurship because I want my own time. I want to make sure that I'm creating and impacting more lives." And now I know that I'm going to be successful because I never ever going to give up because I have no other option
0: do you think you can teach this (laughs) to like because because look you nobody you know thanks for I mean thanks for sharing like about you know your mom nobody wants to nobody wants to lose their mom right like at any age right and but especially at a young age um and to then have to be thrust into these situations that you were thrust into that were, you know, most people are challenged in high school because the girl doesn't like them that they like or the boy doesn't like them or whatever. They didn't make the team, right? These are like the the, the average problems. And then you had some, some really, um, I wanna say like more significant, more heartbreaking, more difficult challenges that you overcame. Everybody's not gonna be in that situation. Can you teach? Do you think you can teach this no option or like maybe we might call it never quit? Mm -hmm. No, um, not ever giving into your circumstances as a way to succeed to other people?
1: It's funny you say that. So that's what a lot of my mentality is going into the gym. That's what my mentality is going and working out with people when I coach them, letting them know, hey, listen, it's not an option to sleep. Because you know you, I get it. You need eight hours, but I don't need you to sleep in on Saturdays. I actually kind of need you to get up and do something, right? If you don't, if you leave yourself an option to sleep, guess what you're going to want to do? You're always want to You're always going to want to listen to the force of average, right? And and I, I love that phrase only because that's real. Everybody just wants to relax. And in terms of me teaching it, yeah, this is exactly what my ebook is going to to turn out to be, like. I'm actually developing something currently to where I'm focusing on fitness. I'm going to focus on a mindset. Mindset uh, is is crucial when you go into anything in life. And a lot of this self-development, you know, these, these teachings, I've learned through my experiences, but you're right. People don't, they, a lot of times they give up easily, right? And because the only reason why they give up easily is because it's an option to, but what if you told yourself there was no other option? The only reason why people currently are walking on two legs is because we gave no, ourselves no other option in order, it, but to do so. When we have a little kid or something like that, we don't say, Hey, you know, how long exactly should I let them try to walk and just say, you know what, just crawl for the rest of their lives. No, no, no. You're going to keep going until you walk. I don't care if you're two years old and can't walk. I don't care if you're five, you're going to learn how to walk. And guess what? We're all walking. That is the key to success right there. Seriously, if we give ourselves no other option, but to do what we told ourselves we're gonna do, we will all be as successful as we wanna be.
0: So what's the biggest challenge you're facing now as an entrepreneur? You shared with me earlier, you know, being, a, being, entrep- being an entrepreneur is still relatively new. I and mean, I think, you know, I've been coaching, I've been coaching full-time for almost six years. And I still would say that's still relatively new. I'm still in the beginning of my career overall. What's been the biggest challenge for you so far as you've stepped out of the nine to five and into entrepreneurship? You
1: you, you know what? I think it's, it's very unique because it's this situation that we're in with, with COVID and quarantine, right? Like if you think about it, um, I think this has an impact not just on entrepreneurs, but I think it has an impact as, uh, you know, for for society as a whole in terms of trying to recreate ourselves and making sure we're staying focused in whatever tasks we're trying to obtain or trying to achieve. So I think for me, it's just more so staying focused on the positive and not being distracted by everything that's going on in social media or everything that's going on with other people being distracted with, Everything that's being said about, about what's going on with, with uh, you know, George Floyd, um, with COVID, with, you know, the, you know the, the increased cases, I mean, that stuff is ridiculously on the media all the time. And it's draining, right? Especially when people call you up and complain. And it's just kind of like focusing and saying, hey, listen, I have a goal in mind, and I'm going to accomplish it. And it's tough. Not being distracted by those people. It's tough not being distracted by what's going on. Um, it's it's extremely tough to not want to at least have a moment in time where I'm just like, hey, listen, you know what? I can go ahead. You know, I have degrees. I can go ahead and just apply to a job and I'll get one within you know a few weeks. Hey, there's no nothing wrong with that. But for me, there is something wrong with that because I told myself I wouldn't do it. It's not an option to do it. So. It's just more so staying focused within this current situation, this current environment, and that for me, I think a lot of people are going through. But for any entrepreneur, you have to reinvent yourself, find different ways of bringing in income, right? Finding different ways to make sure you're focusing on, you know, becoming better every single day, Um, and and staying disciplined in your craft. I think that's the most challenging part.
0: I love that that there's like not another choice. I remember when I. When I decided that coaching was going to be the thing, when I was like, "I'm leaving the hospitality business. I'm I'm done running places. I'm done opening places. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this new venture and be an entrepreneur. It's my business, but I'm gonna take on this new thing." And I remember there were some people around me that were struggling financially. I was too. I wasn't making any money at the beginning, and I remember saying to one of them, "I'll go in debt a hundred thousand dollars." before I give this up like I had a I had a limit right I wasn't gonna put myself in million dollar debt for to be a coach without like getting another job or something but I was prepared to leverage a million like a hundred thousand dollars credit essentially to build this business because in my mind I went if I was opening a brick and mortar I would be investing way more than that so I never hit that thank God like I was able to start making money way before that but I remember it was like When I was struggling in the first two years, and I was like, I was getting clients little by little, I was making a little bit of money, but never enough to support myself for the business. I kept having to remind myself, you can't go back. I can't go get a job. It's not to say that it's wrong for some people that works, but I knew that if I gave myself that option, okay, go bartend or go, go get a restaurant consulting contract, that it would pull my attention away and it would give me an out. It would make my logical brain go, hey, this is smarter. And so I made myself be with the struggle. I made myself be with the not enough money. I made myself get debt. Like I chose to incur debt, which I'm not advocating, but it also pushed, it was like pressure, right? With every, with every dollar I spent that I didn't have, it was like somebody like, well, you better get some clients. You better work a little harder. You better, and it didn't, it didn't necessarily mean I had to like put that onto the people like, Oh, I need to get that money. But I just had to do more and be more on a regular basis. And I love like listening to you talk about it just because it's taking me back and reminding me of those days when I would call my parents. Luckily they were really supportive and I would be like, I'm not going to make it. I can't make it. I'm struggling. You know, I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And they would basically go, we believe in you. You got this. Stay strong. I'm lucky. My dad was an entrepreneur, and has had Mm. multiple businesses, and would remind me just keep going, just keep trying. Just you know, he was like, just work a little harder. If it's not working at that, do a little more. So you're just reminding me of this, and it's it's nice to see. I can see I can see these same things. Like you can't give yourself an out. You have to like you know completing it is being in the journey and completing it is 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 one of the ways to success. Um, man, the time is like flown by with you. I'm like so realizing what's how, uh, what I want to get to really quick is, um, if there was anything that you've learned that you haven't already talked about from your experience in your life through all of this, through, through the way you grew up, through the losses and challenges you've had, through becoming an entrepreneur, through the, the COVID, um, the, the racial conversations and experiences that are going on. Is there what kind of advice would you give to people that are feeling challenged right now, that are not feeling like a lot of opportunity? Maybe they're feeling hopeless. Um, What might you put out there for them to help maybe give them a boost or inspire them?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. I'll tell you that, Alex. Um, So through all my experiences, I I figured out this one common thread. There's one common theme and I've identified it and it's really helped shape me who I am. It's, It's helped me understand that I am capable of anything. And it's the fact that struggle is a privilege, right? Understanding that what you're going through right now, what you're going through right now, nobody You know, nobody in the history of success has gone through zero struggle and become successful. It's the struggle that actually kind of sharpens that iron. It's the struggle that actually makes you become better, makes you become stronger mentally, physically, emotionally. That whatever you're going through right now, don't use it as a reason to give up. Use it as a reason to keep going because it's the struggle that's creating you and be making you better than you were yesterday. Like for example, you know, when I'm in the gym, I'm working out, I'm struggling to hit a certain weight, but I bet you a week later I'm going to hit that weight because I became stronger. Same thing with any kind of experiences that I've had, right? Me going through that situation with with my family, right? It was devastating. But there's a reason why I am where I'm at today and a lot of the people who I went to school with They're not doing as well because they've chosen to utilize struggle and and look at struggle as a bad thing and that it wasn't for them. So therefore, they gave up. It's easier to give up. So don't utilize struggle as an excuse. Use it as a reason to keep going because if you keep going, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you're going to be so glad that you persevered because that – is who you deserve to be, somebody who is successful and somebody who knows that anything is possible. But you have to go through that struggle in order to get there. Diamonds don't, aren't, aren't created without pressure. So at this point in time, you have to go through a little bit of pressure. Just like what, what you talked about, Alex, you went through a little bit of pressure, even in the toughest time when you were trying to become an entrepreneur, it was like, man, I'm struggling right now. But guess what? you wouldn't take it back. You would, you would not, you don't regret it because that struggle created who you are today. So yeah. I think that, it, I think it's just so important, right? For people to understand that We're going through very trying times right now, right? But this is the perfect opportunity to get out there and do something with your life. This is the perfect opportunity to make something more of yourself today than you were yesterday. Because I refuse to be that person of, uh, you know, in 2030, and someone asked, hey, what did you do in 2020 when COVID and, and quarantine happened? And I said, oh, I didn't do anything. That's why I'm working this nine to five. Well, that's the problem. It's like, we need to put more action into certain things and don't be as scared, don't be scared to try something new. And don't try to, don't be afraid to jump into a new adventure. Because, you know, not everybody is an is, is expert overnight. You don't gotta, you know, Do something. You don't, you don't always have to be an expert at everything that you do. You actually have to try something before you get good at it. And that's, and that's, and that's the truth. You don't always have to be an expert every single time. You have to try it in order to become an expert. And that's going to happen over time. As long as you go through that struggle, you will be successful. And I promise you that because it's a privilege.
0: I love that, that which you just threw in there at the end, that you have to try to become an expert. People will often say to me, well, how do I get confidence? How do I get good? It's like, you got to suck at it first. That's yeah. like life. I mean, I don't care if we're talking about riding a bike, playing basketball, handwriting, you know, like, you know, being good with the, the same sex or opposite sex and dating, like whatever it is, nobody was good at it the first time. Not one person. You might have had some natural, we might all have some different natural abilities that might make it a little bit easier. But nobody, the first time they threw a ball or or shot a ball or ran or or wrote a paper was like, oh, I'm good. I'm like, I got this first time. And it's funny that we forget that because when we're young, we try and fail at everything constantly. But as we get older, we're so afraid to fail. We're so afraid like what it's gonna mean that it's like, oh, if we're not sure, if we don't have that confidence, if we don't know we're gonna be good, we avoid it. And I love that you bring that in right at the end of, you gotta try, you got to put yourself out there and it's the only way you're gonna become an expert. It's the only way you're gonna become good at something. Um, Marcus, thank you for being here. Thanks for showing you know, your heart, your your wisdom, Uh, some vulnerability as you shared about your family, um, the loss of your mother, uh, the challenges you face. Thanks for digging into a, um, a racial conversation with me, a social conversation with me, an entrepreneurial conversation with me. You know, we, we kind of touched on like lots of different parts of what it is like to be you. Um, and thanks for providing some, some wisdom and some power for people, Uh, is there, what's the best way that people can, you know, if they want to learn more about you, track you down, um, you know, learn about your entrepreneurship or, or anything, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, find out about you or whatnot?
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, um, you know, currently I am working on, um, uh, developing, you know, my, an ebook, right. Where I'm talking about different strategies with fitness and also, also uh, motivation in general, um, until that point, Right. Um, what you can do is kind of follow and, and see my updates on my Instagram platform. It's uh, B O S S M O O V E, Boss Move. Um, it's it's you know basically and, and the whole meaning behind Boss Move really is just making boss moves, right? Making sure that I'm I'm having a boss mentality because I'm the boss of my own life, and I want to make sure I instill that within other people as well. Um, and so, so that's my goal, um, and so. You can find me on there. You can also follow me on, on, on uh, Facebook as well, um, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-J-B-U-R-R-I-S. Um, but for the most part, I stay pretty consistent on those platforms with motivation and kind of some fitness stuff, right? Just making sure that I'm giving the people, you know, some inspiration so they understand exactly, you know, what it takes to, to be, you know, who I am so they can kind of get a glimpse of, you know, what's possible for them. And um, in all honesty, I'm, I'm not perfect. Right. I, I do things all the time that, you know, kind of help me become better each and every day. And I share those things. I'm very transparent on my social media platforms and I'm, I can't wait till my book comes out. Um, I, I'm shooting for it for, uh, you know, mid-August. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I'll be announcing as well on my platforms. So that'll be it for me.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here and sharing your story. Uh, Marcus Burris, uh, I will put all your information in the show notes. Uh, appreciate you keep it up, man. And, uh, keep creating, you know, positive, a positive path that other people can follow. Cause right now we, we all definitely need it. Thanks again for being here.
1: Thanks man. Thanks for having me.
0: Until next time this is the dream Mason podcast this is Alex Terranova and, uh, you know, keep it up, keep your heads up and uh, keep going. Whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're into, just keep pushing for it. It's, uh, it's still available. It's still out there. It's still available. Don't listen to the naysayers, the media, um, people that are saying that opportunity and possibility doesn't exist because it really does. It might, be, might take a little bit more, might take a little more focus, effort, um, or even searching for it, but it still exists. Until next time, take care. I'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.